0: Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, and as always, the Cowboy Chronicles is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken, fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. All right, Jacob. We got uh, we got a lot to get to. We got you no. Know, we'll talk some basketball. Talk a little bit about what the baseball team has has done here early in uh, in their season. Uh, Want to continue our uh, our spring football position uh, outlook with uh, with receivers this week. So um, we'll jump into that here. Got a uh, lot to cover here shortly. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on. It is uh, we're hitting that that big time for college sports. This is the big time crossover mm-hmm. period because we're going to have uh, a, a time where basketball is playing, football has started spring practice. All the spring sports are going. Wrestling uh, will have uh, ha- wrestling will will have Big Twelve championships March seventh and eighth. Football starts spring practice uh, the next day. So True. it's uh, r- really a really pretty crazy time. That's uh, that's that we're also coming the Big Twelve on. tournament week. Yes, exactly. Then that flows into basketball Big Twelve tournament. And, um, and, and OSU's
1: O'Braid oh, stadium opener is March yeah, 20th. Not baseball far, opener not far away. So, um,
0: we're a yeah, month away. We are a month away from the opening of that stadium. Yeah, they, exactly a month. Today's the 20th. They got, uh, they got way closer than <laughs> when, when we were talking to people last season and they were talking about how the stadium wasn't going to be ready and yada, yada, yada. You got the feeling that. Like they were going to be well into the season before they got to play at O'Bray Stadium, um, they're a lot closer uh, to the, the to have, have having gotten this done in time for for the the home opener than I really expected. So I give them some props for that. Um, I was told the video board was going up the other day.
1: We got a video.
0: Got to got to go check that out. I
1: uh, I I meant I, to drive by there today, but I was there this morning and I forgot.
0: I wish I uh, wish I had thought to go go by there as well. Go check that out. We'll have to uh, to see what that looks like not sure how much of it you can see from uh, from the outside I'm sure you can probably see the video board though yeah you so, would think the way the way the stadium sits and everything so all right but let's uh, let's jump into our uh, our, our football segment um, we started this last week with the defensive backs talked about the scenario there receiver is very similar. Um still the possibility I think that somebody could be added from the mm-hmm. uh the transfer portal. D. Anderson from LSU was the uh the, the guy who came on a uh on a visit, but that's uh um you know, talk with him has, has kind of cooled off at this point. I shouldn't say that talk has cooled off, just the buzz around him in buzz, general yeah. has cooled off. He hasn't uh hasn't been tweeting a bunch, hasn't you know, announced anything uh official at this point. Um So obviously, and obviously he's not going to be here for spring. So, and this is a spring preview. We're not necessarily so much looking ahead to, to next year, but uh, what they've got for the spring, that'll come in preseason. Yeah, exactly. we got plenty of time to get back around to that. Um, But this is an intriguing time for these receivers because Tyler Wallace is not going to be doing much. He's uh he's gonna be you know right now I don't know that he can do anything at all really yeah um, though they they say he's ahead of schedule on his uh, on his recovery um you know by by mid March and even into April uh, um you know I I suppose it's possible that he's cleared to do maybe some running but he's not gonna be
1: he's not contact nothing
0: no, none of that none of that's gonna be going on so you've got uh, an opportunity for some guys to do some things to kind of emerged so so with that I'll uh, I'll ask you Jacob who's who's somebody that that sort of intrigues you in what they have on the table in front of them for for spring at receiver
1: I still go to Brayden Johnson yeah um he came on strong late in the season um stepped up obviously when Tylan went down um but I think he's still got something to prove on that yeah um I, you 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 saw it. He was still a little inconsistent last season at mm-hmm. times. I think you want to see more consistency out of him, um, and really kind of show that he could be that receiver opposite Tylen, the other yeah, side of the absolutely. field. I think he's still got to prove that um, that he's capable of handling that extra load that he didn't have to take on most of last season.
0: Yeah, and and that's really that's the the big question, the big overarching question of this group right now is who is that guy? Mm-hmm. Who's the other guy? Obviously, Dylan Stoner, I almost said slots back into the slot, but that would have been uh, awkward. Um, he moves back into the slot where he's most comfortable. You've got Landon Wolf as a, as a proven guy on the inside as well. Uh, you got the tight ends, um, who we can we can we'll we'll I tell you what we'll add them into this into this okay. conversation because they they don't really fit they they fit better as receivers yeah. than uh, than than running backs or or linemen so we'll uh, we'll include them in this uh, conversation as we get down uh, down to it but um, but that that spot that was Jordan McRae and um, you know. Um, some other guys, you know, Braden Johnson was mixing in there a little bit on occasion uh, at times. You kind of thought C.J. Moore was going to be a guy there. Patrick McAufman maybe be a guy there. Uh, both those guys are gone now. Uh, McCray obviously uh, graduated and, and is moving on. So um, you've got an interesting situation. That's the big, the big overarching question is, is who emerges there. Guy, I'm really curious to see what steps he takes next in his progression is Langston Anderson, mm-hmm. the uh, the the freshman who redshirted last season. Um, you know, you and I had a conversation with Gundy one day after, uh, after his press conference, and he essentially said, you know, if it hadn't been for a couple of just little nagging injuries like a hamstring here and there, that Langston Anderson probably would have been in the rotation mm-hmm. more, kind of would have been, if you go back to Tyler Wallace's freshman year when he was backing up james washington um you know hardly saw the field at all but he could have been in in that role potentially and and maybe even been more involved down the stretch after tylen got hurt so he's a guy i'm uh, i'm very curious about and uh, a guy that hasn't been getting a lot of talk lately dealt, dealt with some injuries and things like that uh jonathan shepard is a guy that, that I'm really intrigued by because he's another guy that can add some size at about six three six four, and um, and can and can do some different things. He's got great speed. Dad was a uh, was a pro baseball player, so he's got uh, some athletic bloodlines, obviously. And uh, he's a guy that's sort of fallen by the wayside because of injuries and uh, and other things. He's a guy that I think could could emerge. That's the thing with this group is that there's not going to be a ton of guys out in mm-hmm. the spring um you know I think uh I want to say they'll have seven scholarship receivers and one of those will be Thailand so really six scholarship receivers in the in the spring that's not a lot
1: for that system
0: that no at at that position so you're gonna see some guys like uh some of your walk-ons getting some some uh some added time a guy like
1: um oh the Newcastle kid I'm totally blanking. Jacob Morris Jacob Morris yeah absolutely could have some time. Absolutely, you know, he got in there once. Kids, but in East State, right? And I believe so. Yeah, had a had a catch or two. I think. I don't know if he. I don't know if he, he caught anything. Any. I don't know I've never one. seen him on the field. Yeah, he was definitely on the field. Um, I can't remember if he caught a pass. You know, or not, he's a guy that you and I both covered in high school. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, could come out there and have a chance to go show off his speed because he's got speed. Right, exactly. Um, you
0: know, we'll see if uh, we'll see if the um, the spring game jinx is is still in effect. It uh, it went. Um, you know, two years, uh, two springs ago, Landon Wolf was a star, and, uh, and at the spring game, and and um, definitely uh, did not fall, did not succumb to the to the spring game jinx. Uh, he he played he played well and became a a, a really integral part after Jalen McCleskey left. Last year, C.J. Moore looked to be that guy, mm-hmm. and it—he uh, definitely got bit by the uh, the spring. Yeah, he games, looked the good the first Star couple
1: games, like he was going to break that.
0: Right, exactly. Looked like he was going to be a, a big time player, and obviously, it didn't, uh, didn't didn't pan out. So,
1: with the with the lack of receivers, do you think that opens up something for like Johnny Woods or someone like that too, to maybe show would, a little bit more ability? I would think so. I Catch think they
0: uh, I think they do some uh, some different things there, and uh, and let those guys get a little bit more involved in in some of their sets. Um the thing I'm most curious about maybe more than anything is what does what does what does Casey Dunn's fingerprint on this offense look like being a receiver's coach mm-hmm. and having a, a very intimate knowledge of what those guys can do. How does that change his approach to uh you know, to be a little bit different than than what Sean Gleason or or Mike Yurcich was? when you know their quarterback coaches and they're uh, they're kind of coming at things from a different perspective i am really interested to see what what Casey Dunn does with some of those guys to um to have his own impact on this and and bring his own knowledge into this that's uh, that's coming from a different place than than their previous offensive coordinators uh because i think that there are things that he could have done with the guys in the slot um, last year, or that that OSU could have done with the guys in the slot last year, things that they could have done with Jelani Woods or mm-hmm. or even Logan Carter. We've seen we've seen, seen him and and Dayton Metcalf show that they can catch the ball. Um, so you can do some different things to get those guys and in, more involved and use the middle of the field a little bit better. Um, you know. I think uh I think some of those kind of throws could uh could make things a little bit easier uh on your quarterback and uh and help out Chuba Hubbard and Tylen
1: Wallace in the in the process. So um another I mean, I know he's not a receiver, but you brought up Chuba. He's gonna I assume he's gonna look to catch the ball more. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that uh you know, it might not necessarily be something that that you see in terms of of actual plays on the field, but this is a, another 15 practices worth of, of him yep. hanging out late after practice is over, catching passes mm-hmm. off of the jugs gun like he did so many times last year. I, I'd, I'd like to know the, the the number of minutes over the entire course of the season yeah. that we spent on Tuesday afternoons, evenings, Waiting for him to come yes, across the street. Yes, because
1: we were done with everybody else. Hey, oh, there were several times
0: when he was the only one still across the street, just working on yeah. on catching passes and doing different things with uh, with some receivers and and things like that. So. Um, not not knocking the guy at all no he, uh, that was that's meant as a compliment even though I'm being a little condescending about it because we did wait a long time for him but I'm not I'm not it, only, that to it only was
1: really bad when it was cold chuba that's yes. all we're saying
0: that's 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 <laughs> the, that was the only the only times or when it was getting dark after the yep. time change and it started getting dark on us in there and it was hard to see um, but uh, no that that's a dude that is uh, heavily committed to being better at his, at his uh, his job all the way around as a, a complete player. Um, you know, you look at the amount of guys that they've got when you factor in either Chuba or the, uh, the cowboy backs and the job of, of trying to get everybody involved is really, yeah, is really pretty tough.
1: Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I mean, this is my off the top of my head, but, is that what leads to some of this transfer portal stuff too? Yeah. You're trying to get everyone involved and you can't. Right. And exactly. Some yeah. of these some of these kids might be upset like I was never really utilized. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's like, well, how do you get everyone involved like that, especially when you've got stars like Tylan and Chuba mm-hmm. that are going to rightfully get the ball. Yeah. Absolutely. And be targets and so um It's a challenge, but I think that spring's good for this. Spring is going to be good for to get other guys involved. I don't know that we're going to see Chuba much either. Right, exactly.
0: And uh, I think spring is good for experimentation. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the time that that Casey Dunn sort of tries to figure some things out and uh, and try some things that you know that maybe they don't, maybe they're not doing in Mm -hmm. in the fall. But um, some some things that maybe some ideas in that have been in his head that he's been wanting to try to execute and see what happens so very uh very curious to talk to to casey about some of this stuff can't wait till we get an opportunity um you know he's not uh he's not a, a big fan of he He doesn't dislike the media he just doesn't like having to talk and uh, and that's uh, that's uh, it's just it's just it is what it is and yeah. so uh, so but hopefully we get to talk to him soon and, uh, and get his, his take. Uh, and by soon, I mean, you know sometime after springs, yeah, uh, spring practice has started. I don't expect to get to talk to him before that, but uh, hopefully we'll uh, get to visit with him through, throughout the spring and get his take on, on how things are going and, and all those sorts of things. All right, anything, uh, anything receiver running back? Mm, Tight to The we no, but I have another uh, football thing. All right, good. I like that. Do we um, need to? Do we need to take a break? Is this a, is this a, a long thing? It,
1: it's a funny story we could close out on. I like I like funny stories. I don't know if anyone saw the TikTok video from Mike Gundy <laughs> yesterday with the basketball players. First of all. I didn't know what TikTok really was. I even called you and said, right. "Hey, do you know what TikTok is?" You didn't really either. No, we're both kind of old and lame at I this had, point. I had
0: heard of it because my son has some friends who uh, come over, and, and I've yeah, I've I'd overheard discussion, it, know you know, discussions, discussions yes. about it. That's that was pretty much the extent yeah. of my of my knowledge. So, because yes, to uh, to confirm your point, we're both old and lame. Yes, yes, we are.
1: I had heard of it also, but anyways, I never really looked into it. So yeah. yesterday I thought, well, crap, i got to figure out what this is, so I'm going to write a blog about it. <laughs> so today we, have bas- we had basketball player interviews this morning bright and early at uh, between 8 and 8.30 a.m. Um, and we were brought up the video with Avery Anderson because we had Avery, who it was his account. And it uh, turns out that Mike Gundy is the one who suggested the TikTok video. Really, He was in and out of the locker room for some reason. Mike Boynton wasn't even around. He was he was somewhere else. Had no idea Gundy was even around. <laughs> and Gundy said, hey, why don't we make a TikTok video? And the player's eyes apparently just lit <laughs> up. And they were like, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and they taught him the great. dance really quick. They said he got it really fast. And they shot it. Uh, it only took a couple times. <laughs> and uh, it was a good time. Um, and I brought up to Avery. I said, well, you know, Gundy can dance, right? Gundy dances. <laughs> and he had no idea. Uh-huh. Um, that was hilarious. And, and, and to close this out, Boynton had no idea what TikTok was either. So I don't feel so bad. A coach uh, who's heavily involved in recruiting had, did oh, not know what TikTok was. That makes was. me feel so
0: much better. That makes me feel so much better. Uh, it really does. Yeah. That and really he said, helps.
1: he said he feels bad because he's like, I try to stay relevant with these kids. Right. Exactly. And I totally missed this one.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel so much better. Um, now, as long as uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on uh, kids with, with, with TikTok doing whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. As long as high school players don't start announcing commitments on TikTok, and I have to start following, yes, yes. and I have to start paying attention to what's going on uh, on with TikTok and high school kids and uh, and those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, I keep it to Twitter. (laughs) We're we're all fine with Twitter. Everybody's happy. You can even do Instagram at this point, and I'll take a commitment on Instagram over. Something else. I, uh, yeah, well, over TikTok, absolutely. Yes.
0: I, I'll take Instagram, but uh, I prefer Twitter because that's uh, I. I, I, I want to keep it all yeah. centralized. I, I don't. I don't want to have to be going out and chasing down stuff, downloading apps just to find out <laughs> what you what some kid had to say.
1: But there was a point that Mike Point made too. He said, "You know, that just means Mike Gunny's pretty cool." <laughs> you know, he's basically, you know, Mike knows yeah, what TikTok is. And, right. And, and and the other Mike, my point, has no idea. Right. So yeah. That's good stuff. That is. That's fantastic. I love it. All right. Good stuff. Well, let's, uh, let's
0: take a break here. We'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more hoops other than dancing right here on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Every now and then, I like to hit the Z really hard. I like I like to hit the Z really hard. Uh, Hoops, let's get into it. Uh, Big S. yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. No hoops. It's a big week for uh, big weekend for the Pokes, and uh, and then a uh, a big uh, big uh, experience for you coming up. Yeah. After that, but let's let's start. With bedlam,
1: it is bedlam week, everybody. Right, last time last time didn't go so well. If you're an OSU fan,
0: it did not. It was uh, that was a rough one, and and unexpected for it to go that, yeah that poorly. Um,
1: I Boynton talked about that this morning too a little bit. He said, you know, outside of us, you know, he said, and this is his words basically, outside of us losing control, losing track of Brady Manic. <laughs> we played pretty well. That's what he was basically saying. Right, yes, and it's hard to argue. I mean, Brady Manning hit five three pointers for the first media timeout. Right. I mean, what, I mean, that's a four minute period, and he hit five three pointers. That's yes. not good. Um, and it put OSU in this huge hole. Um, they played well the rest of the way. Um, they had a couple reviews go against them that didn't help them when they got back in the game. There was a point they were down six, and Yor makes a a basket as he's fouled or appears to be fouled, and then uh, the review says it was a flagrant foul on him. So there's no basket, no free throw, and OU goes down and makes both free throws and then makes a three-pointer, and all of a sudden it goes from 6 to 11 like that, and right. OSU's toast. And uh, things like that just didn't go their way, and that's how it was in that losing streak for the longest time. It was just things were not going OSU's way. Right. Um, things can be better now. I know they're coming off the West Virginia disappointment Um but this team isn't ready to, to quit. Um, they feel like they can win out or get close to it. Um, and basically their strategy is this time to not let Brady Manick beat him like that and to go out there um, and do what they've been doing really that, That's the first game the first game against OU was the first time they started establishing this inside out attack first mm-hmm. offense and it's really worked for them. Um, if they can keep that going, keep Manic under control, right? You gotta like OSU's chances at home.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, this wasn't necessarily the issue with Manic the first time around, but Manic can be a tough. He can be a mismatch issue. Yeah, because, that's, because he's so who, long.
1: Who do you put on him if you're if right, you're exactly. OSU? You can't put your on him because you're your away from the paint. Yeah. Um, Cam McGriff might be your best option. Right. Um, but he's still not as long as, as right. Manic um Jonathan Laurent could be a good option but it, like there's the size problem there also right exactly but he's quick um you know so you're kind of in this he's a he's in this weird level it's Where's like cutting him what's he up to this weekend yeah exactly exactly right um and so I you know you just don't know what they're going to do with with Brady on that um one one idea that Cam and Griff threw out this morning was just don't let him catch the ball which seems yeah. like a Good idea, right? He yeah. said because he's got such a quick shot. That's the other problem doing catches that you don't have much time to close because he has right. such a quick shot. Yeah, he does, and
0: especially for a guy with such long arms. Yeah, to see him it, get the ball out so quickly is is pretty fascinating.
1: Yeah, to watch. and so they're you know that's their focus going into this. I think also their focus is just to stay with their new identity. Yeah, um, I felt like they got away from it a little bit against West Virginia in the second half the other night, and, right? And it didn't help them any. Um, but they could stay with that identity, at least a lot of good things yeah last um, that that West Virginia
0: game sort of told the story of kind of their season it was mm-hmm. like the first half was 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 what we've seen them capable of yeah and the second half was was kind of this the, that rut that they've fallen mm-hmm. into way too many times um, how how does how is the rotation impacted with uh, with with Chris Harris Jr. Being, um,
1: being injured. We asked Boynton that today too. So, for those who don't know, Chris Harris Jr. is having season-ending knee surgery tomorrow. Um, Boynton wouldn't say what the injury necessarily is. He said he kind of wants to go to them to go in and, and kind of do the surgery to, before he really determines that and the yeah. length of time for recovery. Right. Things like that. Um, they've been without Chris since early in the TCU game. So, they've already kind of got the rotation figured out a little bit. Right. Um, He's the problem with him is he was a good defender. That's the thing that you lose Chris. Right. Is he was a pretty good defender, um, coming off the bench for you. They've kind of got Keelan going in there a little bit. Keelan Boone playing a little bit more there. D Mitchell has stepped up more. Um, you've kind of got answers there, and so I think I think they're going to be okay because they've already expected this in a way. Like right. you know right. they played without him for a couple of weeks now, so I think they're in a spot where that's going to be okay. But it sure would be nice to have him. Let's just let's just say
0: if they were to, if they were to go another step down the bench, who would be who would be the the next guy? Do you think that 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 comes in and and? I think, we some time? I
1: think we'd see more Keelan. Is that who it would be? Um, I, they're pretty far down the bench already. Yeah,
0: they are. They really they really are. I, as I was asking that yeah. question, I, I started counting up guys, and I'm like, they really use the bench quite a bit. Yeah,
1: because so. you know Avery Anderson and. Is kind of the fir- one of the first guards off the bench now. Um, well, actually, Dzagwa is really, but yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I think you lean towards Keelan a little bit more on that. But he's been really inconsistent, right? So right. it's hard. Um, ice has been playing a lot more minutes, to really kind of thins out the guard rotation, mm-hmm. which which helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think they're relying on Ice maybe too. Yeah. might be safe to say. Mm-hmm. How important
0: is this is this game? I mean. It,
1: can, the, can this team get to the postseason, you think? I I think right now they're pretty close to a lock for the NIT. Yeah. Um, they are 69 in Ken Palm's rankings. They're 69 in the NCAA net rankings. Nice. And the top 50 are locks for the tournament. Yeah. And yeah. so basically right there, I think that pretty much puts them, as long as they don't just fall apart right. the rest of the way. Um, I think. But, they, but
0: in, in that respect, this – uh, you know going and losing a game like this on your home floor would not help would be yeah. would be damaging I,
1: they need this i think really they've got 5 games left if they can go 4 and 1 maybe 3 and 2 if you had this one in the Kansas game as mm-hmm. your losses um maybe win a game of the tournament if you're 3 and 2 you're fine mm-hmm. i think if you go 4 and 1 win a game of the tournament you're definitely in the NIT yeah in the big and then if you win a game of the Big 12 tournament right. um I think that's kind of where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, and I think the IT, I talked to some people about it today. I think it would be good for them. They've got, um, it's a good way to send out the seniors that you have at this right. point. They need to get another, uh, an extra game, at least, if not a couple. Um, and you get your freshmen, these young, talented freshmen, this experience of what. A postseason game is like right. what it's like to have to go play for your life that yeah. night. You know, yeah, exactly. um, I think that's big when you've got guys like Cannon Cunningham and Rondell Walker and Montreal Pena coming in next year mm-hmm. that are going to raise the expectations even higher than they were this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, last thing we'll get to before we, uh, before we take another break uh, the Kansas game, obviously tough. Yeah. For for Columbus Day, it's just a mess and, for and, uh, OSU. Yeah, that's a that's a matchup nightmare. But you get to go check out Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah,
1: House. I've never been. I'm super pumped. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm super pumped for some Kansas City barbecue right. and there Allen Fieldhouse. That's Big uh, Monday. It's right. going to be fun. Hard to beat any yeah.
0: of uh, any of those three things. So, um the atmosphere there is it's it's one of those places where you you feel the electricity when when you walk in, and uh, you know you're trying to get to your seat because it's so crowded in there, It's an yeah. you know old school field house, and uh, you're crammed in there on press row, and
1: that's uh, fine. I'll take it. Oh, absolutely. Sense. I someone was telling me around OSU today too that like it feels like when OSU goes there, it's like a rivalry, yeah, almost. Like yeah. it seems like Kansas amps it up another notch. Yeah, when OSU's in town too.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, some of the greatest games in that series have been in Allen Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. Most of the great games in that series have been in Allen Fieldhouse. It seems like, um, you know, there's not a lot of OSU Kansas games in Gallagher that jump out at me as uh, as as some of the big stories. The, but
1: it might be some bad timing for OSU with this too. Speaking of the matchup, because Kansas has Baylor on Saturday. Ooh. And so, hmm. even win or lose. Right, Kansas right. is going to be fired up after coming off that game. Exactly, they're going to be fired up. They just beat the number one team in the country, yeah. and they're like the number one team in the country at that mm-hmm. point. So they're going to be fired up about that. Yeah. If they lose, they're going to be fired up trying to get off exactly you know, the fact they lost.
0: Yeah, it might be a that could be really uh, bad time. Could for be a uh, could be a rough situation, regardless of how that game goes. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little a uh, little bit of uh, baseball. and we'll Wrap it up here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. A little baseball time. Um, I think Grand Canyon State is uh, listening to the podcast. We uh, we disrespected them last week, man. We told them we thought that they were an online only university, and uh, and they proved that uh, that they are real <sighs> yeah. people with uh, real bats and gloves.
1: Yes, um, they're also f- really favored to win the whack. Who knew? Yeah. I, I didn't even know they were in the WAC. I will. And that was their thing too. I didn't either till so I started watching the game, and, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh yeah, these are also the favorites to win the WAC." I thought, "Oh, huh, who knew?" Right. <laughs>
0: Good information to have.
1: Um, so so, they, so they OSU showed us. goes out there. <laughs>
0: oh yes, they did. OSU goes out there, uh, goes uh, one and two, and uh, but then they they made the uh, made the trip to Arizona worthwhile.
1: Yeah, they went. Uh, they stayed in Phoenix and turned around and beat Arizona State, the number eight ranked team in the country on Tuesday. Um you know, and you could make the argument Tuesdays you're not throwing out necessarily your ace, things like that, obviously. You're right. But uh still, I mean OSU went out there and threw Brett Stanley, mm-hmm. um, threw seven great innings, got you know, bullpen survived. Um, Arizona State has all Americans that's a powerhouse program. These are two traditional powerhouse baseball programs right going at absolutely absolutely. It. Um, so it's a huge win for OSU especially after you had that disappointing start where you yep. go one or two against Grand Canyon um, But I will say about that start, the thing that I thought was good about it was yeah, you lose two games, but you threw two of your young freshman studs right the guys that you think are gonna be really important for you in the rotation. Mm-hmm. You got to get him out there. And why not get him out there against Grand Canyon? Get maybe the co- the, the nerves, cobwebs, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, out of the way from their first right. start. Um, you know, Bryce Osmond went out there just through two innings. Um, I'm sure he was amped up. I'm sure part of that, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, Justin Campbell came out there Sunday through three innings. He looked all right. I watched that game closer than the other ones. Um, you know, it's just. I think there's just some of that nerve stuff. In the middle of that, you throw Parker Scott, the veteran lefty, who comes out there and throws seven innings. Also, I think Mm -hmm. and um, was dominant. And so you've got you know at this point you've got Parker Scott and Brett Stanley. Yeah, you've got to figure out what else you have.
0: Yeah. The the use of Stanley, I think, is the uh, the thing I'm the most curious about right now with this team. Is what are they going to do? Are they going to Are they going to keep pushing with those with those young guys, and maybe Stanley becomes, you know, a long guy, long relief on uh, on weekends when one of those guys can't uh, you know can't go too deep? Uh, does he become a starter, and one of those guys becomes your uh, your long relief? So many things mm-hmm. that you can do with him. He's he is really talented. It was really emerging down the stretch last year uh, when they had uh, a couple of guys who were who were fighting their way back from injuries and uh and he looked really good so um you know what Josh Holiday decides to do with him and how they decide to manage you know him and that bullpen i think are uh, are are very intriguing um intriguing storylines
1: surrounding this team right now so um no my ahead. favorite storyline about Brett Stanley is he could be Mike Napoli's twin brother <laughs> ha- like Look at this. I know oh, our yes. our listeners can't see bad, this. This is bad radio that, right now, but the, absolutely. The, that is exactly a picture of right. Mike Napoli. Yes. And if you pull it up at Brett Stanley, mm-hmm. that is twin brother right yep. now. Yeah, absolutely. The beard, the eyes, everything. It's incredible. Uh, yes. It's it's uncanny. I'm going to talk to Brett Stanley about it at some point. I might turn it into a story just because <laughs> I love Mike Napoli so much. And oh. um, that's, that's the big storyline to me for Brett Stanley. I'm sorry. Right. He could throw whatever he wants. He looks like Mike Napoli. Yes, yes. Party at Stanley's. Party at Stanley's. Instead of party at Napoli's. Oh man, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, back at home. Yes, they open. Home opener. They open tomorrow, which is Friday. Um, they play uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, UTRGV. Yeah. 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 So exactly it. what that meant. Day yeah. Day
0: exactly. Day. Everybody knows what that. Who that
1: is. Yeah. Um. I don't know the rotation plans. I assume it'd probably be the same again early. Um, you know, it'll but it'll be it'll be interesting to see kinda of what they're doing offensively too. Um, Caden Polkovich had a good weekend right. in his debut. Um, the biggest surprise me is Max Hewitt. Had a yep. big weekend. Mm-hmm. Um he played in all three games. He started two at catcher. He's right. moving to catcher this year. He started Saturday and Sunday at catcher. Um, he didn't start tuesday night but closed the game at catcher yeah brock Mathis has got the other one so brock Mathis and max hewitt seem to be the two catchers right now um but max was hitting he was the leading hitter on the on the weekend yeah. going on a tuesday night yeah
0: he's a guy that uh that kind of got shuffled out of the lineup was, was starting early last year and kind of got shuffled out but uh, a guy that i think has some potential to be a uh, a pretty important piece in uh in this lineup so
1: I am still a little concerned to strikeouts for OSU. Yeah, they struck out. I think what eighteen times right or something. Yeah. It was not a good night at Arizona State I, for him with the, with that. Um, fortunately, Kate Cabinets had a big night. Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of thought this team was going to be uh, was going to kind of cut down with some of that <laughs> with a couple of the, the the free swinging big guys out of the lineup from last year. Um, which is no knock on them because they produced some massive yeah. home runs at some uh, some of the most important times that. that help this team get to where they got to. Um but that said, they did strike out a lot too. So, um so yeah, I thought the strikeout numbers might be trending downward, but we'll see. It might have just been a bad night. I mean, Ar-
1: yeah, bad night. Arizona State's not a bad team. They're going right, to throw out a good exactly. pitcher. So
0: Yeah. They're no uh, they're no Grand Canyon. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> I don't to know mean. if we're, I apo- do we sl- I apologize.
1: Do, do we do we talk smack on UT, <laughs> right. uh, RGV, RGV? Yeah. this weekend. No. Uh, is that even a real school too? I don't know. And I was no, kidding. It's, I, it is. It's, uh, yeah. it's two schools that got put together. That's true. Uh, yeah.
0: So it's uh, it's it's twice as many schools as I thought Grand, <laughs> Grand Canyon was. So, all right, Jacob, unless there's anything else, I think it's time to, no, uh, to wrap good. this thing up. Thank you uh, all for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles, which is presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken or fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.